Have you sort of figured out what you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an actress. I'm going to do this until I'm 90 years old. You know, if the rest of my career doesn't pan out the way I want it to as quickly as I'd like it to, I'm going to be that 95-year-old waitress at the diner on roller skates serving you your coffee and doing my auditions in the back. Rain Podcast. Welcome to Rain Magazine's Unleashed for Supernova. I'm your host, Nova Lorraine, and this is a new episode of Unleash Your Supernova. And as you know, Rain Magazine's mission is to inspire millions worldwide. And on our show, we like to bridge the gap between creativity and entrepreneurship, where we seek out the gutsiest creative entrepreneurs in fashion, culture, and technology around the globe. And they share with us their tips, hacks, and words of wisdom to help you unleash your superpowers. Today, we have Victoria Conifal. Hello, hello. Did I pronounce your name right, Victoria? Yeah, you did. The American version is Conifal, but I'm Polish. It's my native tongue. So technically, it's Conifal, which no one knows. So yeah. No, that's cool. So Conifal, did I say that right? Yeah. Yay! I'm really big on names, so. Oh, that's awesome. And so... We are really excited to have you. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. I want to just share with the audience a little bit about your background so they can share my enthusiasm. For those that are listening that is learning about Victoria for the first time, she stars on Days of Our Lives as Ciara Brady, Owen Hope's daughter. She's been voted as number one soap actress for multiple consecutive weeks in the TV Source magazine's poll. She's also, well, the show, as we know, has recently won Outstanding Drama Series. And that was at the 45th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards. And then she has some amazing projects that she's worked on in the past. And that includes Modern Family, Lifetime's Deadly Exchange. And word on the street is that you're a villain in an upcoming horror indie, Fog City. You have to tell us about that. Oh, yes. So that project is actually the first one I ever booked. It gave me the confidence to move oh, out wow. to Los Angeles and start this whole acting thing. They're taking their time for a reason. There must be. We did ADR for it about a year back. So I don't think they've forgotten about the project, but I play a super villain and it is phenomenal getting to unleash that side of you. You know, acting is, it's always plainly fun to be able to play pretend and be other characters and assume these roles and with their own lives and whatnot. This girl is incredibly troubled. And, you know, the research that I had to do for that, the hours of prep work, the emotional preparation was, was something that I've always imagined that I wanted to do because it's something that you have to dive so deeply into. It's not like I can relate to being a supervillain that goes on a murder streak. You know, I've never been in that situation before. So the preparation behind it was intense. It was the first professional movie I've ever booked. And I am so grateful for it. I cannot wait for it to come out. It's just interesting how life works where I call it the butterfly effect, how one thing or an experience or word of advice just leads to the next ripple, the next domino. And yeah, something that you did a year and a half ago prompted you 
to have that courage and confidence to do what you're doing today and inspiring, you know, potentially millions of viewers that are watching your various works. So that's, that's pretty incredible to know. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. The inspirational aspect of it is my favorite part. Being on the show, we have millions of fans and they do reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter. And I try to respond as much as possible. Granted, I I don't have much time with the busy lifestyle that I lead. However, you know, when I do sit down and go through it, I love getting the messages that are along the lines of, you know, you inspire me to be a better person. You, you know, your character's strength inspired me to, to make it through whatever it is I'm going through. And that just, it doesn't feel real to me because I'm a part of the show. So I don't see it from an outsider's perspective, but the fans, they watch it every day. And it's like, you know, they've said to us that we're almost like family to them. It's crazy to hear it out loud and to read it and to actually read hundreds of people's perspectives. It's wild that I, I, I reach that many people and, and I can affect someone so deeply. No, I can absolutely see that perspective of the audience. And, you know, if you're watching someone every day, even if it's, you know, just a few minutes or an hour, you do bring them into your personal world, you know, and you grow to know them and like them for different reasons. And it becomes something that, you know, hasn't a lot of emotion behind it. And I'm going to go back to the sci-fi series, the Avenger series, and how many people were just like devastated. This was the end of the series. Oh no, Captain America and all these other. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, for grown to love. And, you know, that's at every level, you know, when a musician that, we grow up with chooses to retire or something like that. I can definitely relate to the writers that are touching base with you on those different social platforms. But we know this didn't just happen or start this journey for you. Didn't just start a year and a half ago. And the buzzword is the Hobbit. (laughs) Oh, yes. The Hobbit. Yes. Okay. So I was give or take seven years old and in attendance of a school field trip we were watching an off-Broadway production of The Hobbit and my mother chaperoned, thank goodness, because at some point during the show, I don't know what I thought. No one taught me theater etiquette. So we were in the front row and at some point I decided that I wanted to go up and join them. And yeah, (laughs) so I stand up, I take two steps. Thank God my mom was there because she grabbed me by my collar and pulled me back and she was like, what are you doing? And then after the show ended, I was absolutely captivated by what was happening. These actors and a couple of props and one set transformed my world. And I I was completely sunken into this project. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that something like that exists. You know, a first theater production, I've watched television and, and movies, obviously, prior to this, but a live production just really threw me over the edge. And the director found us afterwards and he said that he liked my gusto and talked to my mother about potentially having me audition for any upcoming projects. My mom said that, you know, that would be wonderful. We would have to think and talk about it, but we're very open to that option. I, of course, was full speed towards that idea. And they happened to be putting on a production of the South Pacific and they were auditioning. And I auditioned for one of the little French kids and I got it. And I was with that theater production company for seven years after that. So seven years old, seven years later. Mm-hmm. So this was definitely in your blood. This was your calling for sure. Oh, yeah. 
I feel like it, it came naturally even before then. When my mother would record home videos, we would you know watch family videos together. I was always telling the camera, every time my mom would put it away, I would always say, okay, bye-bye, Camera. And I would come and I would give it a kiss. I love being in front of the cameraman. Like it was always something, I was always putting on fashion shows or, or doing something creative and spunky. I loved it. So it started from birth, quite honestly. <laughs> The performance bug was in you from birth. Yeah. I couldn't hide it. You almost jumped on stage. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to hear a behind the stage or behind the scenes memory or experience that just really stands out to you that you could share with us. From the show or, or any? Any of your experiences, acting experiences. Yeah. There was a moment we were putting on The Christmas Carol. And one of the actors that I really looked up to, he was this, you know, really like, at the time he seemed old to me. He was probably in his, you know, 50s or 60s, but he was like this really like older stoic man. And when he walked, you listen to his footsteps. That's the kind of effect Mm. that he had on people, you know? Wow. And I, I being this little girl was just, I looked up to him so much. And we had blood capsules because there was blood for one of the scenes. And I asked him, I said, I was just asking him questions about stage blood and, you know, what it tastes like and what it does and and how it works. And he says, you want to see how it works? And he breaks a blood capsule and pours it into his eye. I was horrified. I was like, what is this? I, I didn't sign up for this, mom. Like, where's the bus? That's something that really sticks out to me. And it's interesting because I didn't recall that memory until just now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be pretty terrifying. Terrifying. Really cool, though. Stage blood is completely safe. <laughs> <laughs> that he clearly demonstrated that, especially pouring clearly. Eye. Being a performer, especially from such an early age, as we know, takes a lot of creative energy. Uh-huh. What would you say that that's your sort of go-to that stimulates your creativity? What are those things? Music. Hmm. Music is definitely the, the top thing that evokes emotion for me. So that ties in heavily with, with my performances, music, and just the kind of life you lead. Honestly, I feel like the more you reflect and the more time you spend with yourself, the more you unleash your own creativity. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I just, I'm very much an introverted homebody. I do like to go out and dance every once in a while, but I'll spend most of my time at home and with the people that I love and, and to just you know, it's so cliche, but to be happy, it's a difficult thing to do. It's not an easy feat, you know, especially in in the world that we live in to to find true happiness and, and to center yourself, to also to draw from the happy moments, but also to find bliss in drawing from the unhappy moments in your life. A lot of my creativity came from, you know, focusing on things that have hurt me in the past or any hardships that I've went through and you know, that's when artists, musical artists write their best songs. You know, they always say like the weekend, there's this, you know, joke meme going around. That's, that's like, you know, Oh, when the weekend gets broken up with, that's how we know we're expecting a Grammy winning album. It's because it's just human emotion that evokes anything. And and once you feel that and succumb to it, instead of trying to deflect it and, and push it away and you sink into those moments, that's when your best work comes out. So yeah, music and just surrendering to the emotions that we all feel. Yes, that's so true. So do you listen to 
Are you playing like your favorite track before it's your turn on camera or when do you bring it in? Or is it just you're at home on the weekend and music is playing 24 seven? Well, yes, that is true. Music is playing 24 seven, but when it's me listening to my music, it's a variety of different things. It's anything that makes me dance. I'm a very like vibrant music listener, but in terms of for character preparation, I'll just play it in my dressing room while I'm getting ready or in the hair and makeup chair. Days of Our Lives is a very fast production. Many people don't know that sometimes we don't even get rehearsal time. They'll often just tell us to go straight to tape. We do one take. It's kind of like a live show every time just because we have to power through three to four episodes a day. And it's, it's really strenuous and stressful. So Something that I found is that I don't really have much time to get into that. So I'll, I'll listen to it any chance I get. From the moment I wake up, I'll, I'll set the mood in my car. I'll drive to work. You know, if I'm not conversating with my friends, because when you spend enough time with a group of people, you know, I've been on the show for two and a half years now. They've become my very close friends. It's like family. The dynamic on the show is something, it is so special. It's something I've never seen on any other production or any set because it's Monday through Friday every day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., sometimes 7 p.m. We spend a lot of time there. Yeah, we, we don't have much time to dive in emotionally, so I just, I take any second I can get. So in the dressing room, and, and sometimes if the scene is really heavy and I know I need some extra work, I'll bring my headphones on the set and I'll play my music up until they yell action and I'll hide it under a pillow or in a drawer or something. Yeah, last minute, I'll just, I'll put it away and I'll, ask, I'll say one second and then I go for it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the business side of acting or creating the entrepreneurial side, because I feel that as an actor or a musician or a designer or a writer, your talent, your gift is what is generating the income for you. Yeah. You are your own business. I would love to hear what three traits that you feel are most needed to pursue entrepreneurship determination, willingness to fail. Because a lot of people I find that, you know, move to LA, personal friends of mine and just people that I come across give up after a few months and say, oh, this is so hard. You have to persist and, and you have to be willing to fail and, and understand that failure is not in fact failure. It's just another step that you must take until you succeed. Learn from your failures, take what you need from them and don't let it discourage you. So I guess, yeah, that ties into one trait is to accept failure. And I think it's really hard for creatives, especially because their talent is a part of who they are, right? It's, it's very personal. Yeah. And when you choose to let down your guard and become vulnerable to offer your greatest works, whatever it may be, maybe art or music or performance or acting. Right. And to hear someone say no, how do you stay strong? or defend that inner child that is so vulnerable and who has gotten up enough courage to finally share their gift just to get shut down? Like what were some of the things you did or some of the things that the people around you did to, to be able to persevere beyond a few months? Right. Rejection is always hard, especially if you fall in love with an audition. I remember there was this one project recently, actually, because I haven't really felt that feeling of defeat in a very long time. When I first came out here, I felt it a little bit because it was rejection after rejection after rejection. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And you start to look in the mirror and think that something's wrong with you. You know, am I not enough? You know, what, what is this? My thing is now at this point, 
when I walk into an audition room and I, I give it everything I have, I put it all on the table and I throw it up, you know, to the universe. And I say, you know, it's all you now. And I walk out and I, I don't even think about it. I go about my life and I go about my day. And if I get it, that's wonderful. If I don't, then on to the next one. In this industry, especially nowadays, you have to understand that it's catered to not necessarily talent. You can walk in with a bag full of talent and there are many other deciding factors at this point that almost take precedence over your talent. It's your looks. That's one of them. If you look the role, if you fit their description. And then there's this whole aspect of social media. I have had auditions where before I even walk into the room, they ask me to list my amount of followers, the approximation of how many likes I get per picture. And I'm sitting there, I'm talking to my agents. I'm like, what does that have to do with the creativity and the talent I can bring to the pro? What, what, what do they care how many followers I have? Why do they care if 80 people like a picture of the French toast that I had this morning? Like, I don't understand. So there's this whole element that at first I was against it and I would not conform to it. I was like, I'm not posting on Instagram. I'm not going to be that girl. But eventually I had to succumb to it because it is our brand and it is an excellent marketing tool. It just sucks that we have to market ourselves on that platform and that they take it so seriously that it, it takes precedence over what I can contribute to the project as a human being. That was a hard pill to swallow, for sure. It's difficult to understand, but once you understand the politics of the game, you stop taking it so personally. Because as long as you do the work, you prep, you go home, you do whatever it is you need to do, you take the classes. There's nothing else you can do. Just give it your all, give it your best and and be proud of every audition. I'm proud of every single time because it's not easy standing in front of a bunch of strangers, them reading to you in a typically monotone robotic voice and you have to bring it out of nowhere. Sets help, costumes help, being in the atmosphere, being with the actors always helps. The audition will always be worse than the actual performance, always, at least for me. You can't just pull it out of your butt. You know, we are human beings and it, it, takes, it takes a little bit to, to get there. So like I said, I throw it into the air. I throw it into the universe and I go about my day and I don't even think about it. I, I don't let it consume my heart or my soul anymore because it's just, it's too taxing. It's too taxing on my mental health. It took me a minute to realize this, but once I did, it was so wonderful and so easy to just be able to let go. Yeah. Now letting go. And like you said, not taking it personal and doing your best and then just chalking it up and saying, oh, well, okay, on to the next thing. I think those are all really, really good words of advice. But also there's always the relapse. Like a couple months ago, I had this audition that I absolutely fell in love with. And I so I was so perfect for it in my head. I prepped for a week. I didn't get it. I didn't even get a call back and I was crushed. And there was a whole day where I was just really sad and and feeling depressed because not clouding myself with self-doubt, but just sad that I didn't get it. And that happens too. You can't be happy all the time, you know? So there are moments where, where you slip and you fall from grace, but you have to learn to accept those moments and live in them, acknowledge that you're feeling what you're feeling, and then brush it off after that. Let's touch on that a little bit. As you said, there are moments where you slip from grace. And, you know, fall back into maybe an old pattern that wasn't productive. Looking back on your journey, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would have changed? And then if so, why? A part of me wants to say no, because everything that has happened to me has given me this mindset that I have now. So I wouldn't have it had those things not happened to me. 
so yeah, I'm sticking with that. I, I wouldn't change anything because, you know, my naivety, I learned from it. You know, I learned from all the mistakes that I've made and it's made me who I am today. It's given me the tools that I have to approach this business and approach the world in general today. I think that going back and, and giving myself advice would be helpful, but it would also put me on a different path, a path that I wasn't supposed to be on. I believe that we're all meant to make the mistakes that we make because there's this expression that's like a wise person learns from others, something along the lines of that. And it's true. A wise person can learn from others, but you don't really take it to heart until you experience it yourself. And that's something that I've learned throughout the years is that you can take the advice and you can say, yes, you are right. You are right. But at the end of the day, you are going to do whatever your heart knows and whatever your body knows. And you have to learn from yourself to be able to fully understand and absorb what it is that is, is trying to be said to you by others. Got it. I like that in terms of the fact that you don't know until you actually go through it yourself and you may hear the advice and, you know, it's just like kids and parents, right? You may fall or whatever it is. And then they're like, okay, whatever. And they keep doing it until they fall. And they're like, oh, this is why mom said not to. <laughs> right. And then they never do it again. Right. So now I do think experience goes a long way with that. And I heard earlier you mentioned that you used to put on or perform fashion shows. Yes. And yes, fashion and acting, they're both creative and they're related. But I want to ask you, have you sort of figured out what you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, I want to be an actress. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to do this until I'm 90 years old. You know, if the rest of my career doesn't pan out the way I want it to as quickly as I'd like it to, I'm going to be that 95-year-old waitress at the diner on roller skates serving you your coffee and doing my auditions in the back. Not many people are fortunate enough to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And who knows, you know, it can change. In 10 years, I might say, I'm sick of this and I want to do something else. But as of right now, and as of what I've known my entire life, acting is all I want to do. And I've dabbled in other creative things like dance. I love dancing. I love, you know, songwriting and singing and playing instruments. You know, I'm very, I'm all over the place. But ultimately, the thing that stuck with me from the age of seven was acting and performing in theater. That to me is just everything. It's my forte. There was a point in time where I really wanted to be a lawyer. I was very interested in law. I took criminal law classes in college. Yeah, but I just reflected and, and ultimately, you know, we have this one life, you live for you. And I wouldn't be happy if I was doing law every day. Sure, it would be interesting, you know, if I got a great case in the courtroom, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, I also wanted to be a psychologist. I dabbled in psychology and then I tried all these things and, and I realized that it wouldn't make me happy. The thing that made me happiest was to be an actor and to be on set and to be surrounded by that energy. That's what I have to do. Awesome. Yeah, you're right. Most people, or adults, I should say, haven't figured it out or are still figuring it out or know what they want, but are either too scared or restricted based on their current situation to go after it and to know in your heart that this is what brings you the most joy and bliss. And to be able to do that for the years to come is a pretty incredible, I'm sure. So over the years, how has technology affected you and how will it affect newcomers that are entering into the field? Like I touched on before, it's the whole social media aspect of it. That's one thing. But something that 
I find, I'm not sure how I feel about it, self-tapes, auditioning from home with your camera equipment and uploading it and sending that as your audition. It's becoming increasingly popular. And there are pros and cons to it. I find that a pro is that you can tape it over and over again until you find your perfect take. But then again, the downside to that is you begin to overthink and you go, okay, I want one more take, one more take. I can do better. I can do better. Instead of just going in the room and having the people feel your energy. I feel like energy is such an important, valuable thing that we all possess. And if you have great energy that works well, it doesn't really translate through technology. I guess you can giggle and smile and show your charm, but it's, it's, not, it's not the same. So I do prefer going into the room, looking into their eyes, shaking their hands, saying, hi, I'm Victoria Conifal. I'm present and I'm about to audition for you. Instead of just, you know, even with auditions through the internet, you don't even know if they're watching it. Something could happen. They could drop a glass and they could miss one of your favorite moments. You never know how much of it they actually see. You never know who sees it. I think that there are pros and cons to it. But ultimately, when I see a self-tape in my audition box, I go, oh, go. here we go again. Like, I, 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 I can't do it. I don't like it. I, I prefer, you know, going into the room, getting the feedback, doing the one or two takes for them in person, and then going home and being proud of myself. It adds a stress factor to the whole audition process that I don't like. I can absolutely see that. I think part of it is, as an artist, there's going to be that perfectionist quality about you. And then, of course, most creatives or artists with the opportunity to redo, probably going to redo it. Right. We are our own worst critic. So it's like, we know what we're capable of and we want to bring more and bring less and da-da-da. And yeah. watching them and editing them is a nightmare. I hate that because you have to film it. And then you have to go over the five or six takes that you've done and watch every particular line. And I find myself going back and forth between three takes to the same line being like, which line did I do that? In which take did I deliver that line better? And it's just, it's, it's chaotic. It creates a chaotic atmosphere, which is not what auditioning is supposed to be. I think auditioning is supposed to be a beautiful, peaceful, almost like puts me in a state of meditation. That's my cup of tea. I love auditioning and acting and just finding a new scene and a new character to dive into. It brings chaos into the thing that I love so much. So I do not like self-tapes. I vote no. You vote no. I vote no. <laughs> How would you describe yourself in five words or less? Ah, oh, this is always so fun. Adventurous. Uh-huh. I'm very adventurous. Free-spirited. We will get along so well. You are homebody and all this other stuff. Like <laughs> dance. Yeah, we would definitely get along. Oh, let's go clubbing, girl. What did I say? I said adventurous, free-spirited, loyal. I'm very loyal to those that I love. And yeah, I'll do anything for them. I'm one of the people that technically this is not a healthy quality to have, but I will do more for others than I will for myself. There's something good about that. And there's something beautiful about having a heart like that. But it's also like I need to learn to put myself first sometimes. Most times, all the time. Anyway, loyal, what else? Creative, yeah, that's definitely one. Determined. Determined. Uh-huh. I love those. Thank you. Yeah, we, we definitely would be buddies if I lived on the West Coast. What projects do you have on the horizon that you are super excited about? Right now, I don't have anything. The thing with the show is that because we're you know contractually obligated to be there and we have a year-long contract, 
a lot of casting directors, they don't even want to see you. So they'll pitch me, my team and my managers will pitch me for a project and they'll get feedback. That's like, oh yeah, she's great, but we don't want to have to deal with the hassle of speaking to NBC and getting me released. I don't have creative freedom with my hair and my look. What if I needed to get a haircut or dye my hair for another project? If they see that I'm under contract, it's kind of a turnoff for them. Yeah, it sucks. It limits the amount of auditions I get. And the ones that I do go on, a lot of the times they film during the times that I'm filming the show. So it's like, well, you know, she'd be great, but she can't do it anyway. So it's difficult to find something. Right now we are on a hiatus until further notice. The show is picked up. We are coming back, but we are on a bit of a break. It just so happens that December is the slowest time for auditions because no one wants to work around the holidays. We all want to spend time at home and it's kind of our time to unwind after the year. So hopefully in January for pilot season, you know, while I'm still free before the show picks up again, hopefully I'll book something then. But as of right now, it's a no-go. And plus you're inspiring millions, right? As CRS. I mean, hey, I'm not mad about it. I'm fine. But you know, I'm starting to get hungry again. It's a blessing to be able to play the same character for two years because you get to know her so well. But then again, you get to know her so well that you stop feeling challenged. And it's like, all right, like I know Thea, I know exactly how she'll react to the situation. I don't really need to research anything anymore. So that's something that I do miss about other projects. So I would like to book a movie in indie or something that films for two weeks in Boston or, or in Iowa or some random place. I just want to go. Ultimately, if I'm, you know, naming names, have it film in Fiji, have it film in Spain. You know, I'm ready to go anywhere. I just, I want something else. I love the show. I'm so blessed to be on the show. I've learned so much and I continue to learn every day just in terms of like being on set. But as far as character development goes, I'm kind of hitting a a plateau. Right. You're an artist, you're creative, and our nature calls for us to continue to grow and evolve. And it would only add to you as a performer. And so, yeah, that's completely understandable. I think that's with all of us. No matter what industry we're in, from a creative standpoint, we're always seeking for that next thing to help us grow and evolve and be better and give more to the performance. I get it. I truly do. And so for all of our budding performers, creatives, actors, etc., what words of wisdom would you like to share with them? Do not conform. Do not conform to society. Do not conform to what you believe the casting directors and your agents want. Stick to yourself because it's easy to listen. In this industry, everyone will have an opinion. You'll get a million opinions thrown at you and and you get confused and you have no idea what's going on. And that's how it should be. You should get confused when you get those opinions because it's like, hey, 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 I'm me. I get to wake up in this body and I decide this. I want this for myself. I want to be this kind of person. Having a strong character is essential in this industry because it's not easy. It looks easy and it looks beautiful and glamorous. And it's like, oh, you know, celebrities, you're so lucky. But it's like, eh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that is not very nice, especially in terms of the opinions that we get from others. I agree. And I was in the fashion industry for so many years and still to an extent, when most people think of fashion, they think of the models, they think of the runway, and they think of the celebrities that are wearing the clothes. Right. You said fashion, and I'm, I'm seeing a huge runway with flashing lights and music. Yeah. And it's 98% 
grunt and work and sweat and 2% glamour. And so to your point that because it's television or film or theater, the assumption is it's 98% glamour and 2% grunt. You're shown what they want you to see. The audience is manipulated into seeing whatever image is supposed to be relayed, right? Which is why I, I use my Instagram once I finally relinquished control and, and submitted to the whole Instagram fad. I decided that I was going to be real as hell on Instagram and I was going to talk about, you know, the gross moments and the sad moments. And, and you don't always have to be happy all the time. And I'm a big advocate for mental health, which is something that grows a little wary amongst performers, amongst everyone, you know, all human beings. We all struggle with something. So I don't like to see the world in rose-colored glasses and depict that and depict that, that that is my life. You know, I do like to be as real as possible. I love that. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, advice for performers, don't conform. Understand that it takes a lot of work. Persevere. Do not give up. You never know when that door is going to open and how is it going to open unless you knock. Love it. Yeah. You hear that, guys? How is it going to open unless you knock? Knock on the door. I love it. Yeah. And if, you know, the door opens and then close it, put your foot in there and push it open. Like, you know, there's, there's so much that you can do and, and you just have to try and not give up. Have faith in yourself and have faith in what you have to offer because we're all individuals and that's our greatest superpower is that you are the only version of you that is ever going to exist. So use that to your advantage. Don't, you know, be like the Kardashians. Don't be like everyone else. Find beauty in your differences and in your individualism that will set you apart from everyone else because it's not that hard. All you have to do is be yourself. But getting to the point where you're comfortable with being yourself is the difficult part of the journey. Well, thank you so much, Victoria. I think all of those statements you made were powerful. And yeah, I hope that our listeners are impacted and also inspired, not just by your story, and the highlights, but also the challenges that you encounter on a regular basis, pursuing what you love to do. And, but I think for me, what has stood out as the words that you included, and such as perseverance and staying true to you, not conforming because you feel like that's what others want, but to, you know, really put you first. And as a performer, we know, and as a creative, we are already giving of ourselves and just really protecting that. Thank you so much. I am inspired and empowered. And I know our listeners are as well. I know that your schedule is really busy as it relates to all that you're doing. I, again, thank you for taking the time out to sit with us today and share and be open and, and encouraging. So thanks again. It's a pleasure. And listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. We hope that you found and heard some tips and hacks that you can apply to your life. And don't forget to listen in for the next episode. As you know, we release a new episode every two weeks on Thursdays. So again, thank you. Thank you, Victoria. And until next time.